ぽ。Hello, my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Tim Legacy. And I'm your also host, Sarah Legacy, your wife. And this is a podcast where we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, the more you discover there really are no normal people in your life. And we both had the privilege of being on the podcast last year for the first season on the other side of the microphone. But Stephen and Dixie have been so kind as to invite us to interview them to kick off season two. Because, man, what was the biggest complaint that we got? Or we as in the no normal people. The one that I submitted five times was that we don't get to hear enough of what makes Stephen and Dixie themselves and what makes them tick. And they're magical. They're the coolest people ever. And they had like what their podcasts were. Their episodes were 20 something minutes long. So short. Way too short. There's more to talk about there. We have burning questions that must be asked. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're here. We get to talk to them because it's, you know, it's just it's easier to talk to someone that is you're not married to about things that you think that they already know about is that a fair way of putting that I, yeah I, you get into kind of ruts talking to somebody that you know well there's little micro assumptions that you leave out parts of the story or uh, things that you are sure you probably told them but maybe are actually totally new yeah totally it's just more fun to talk to us right <laughs> facts verified but seriously i hope that they will still be our friends after this is over like amazing that they gave us these cool microphones and and, this is a mistake we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes okay please comment and subscribe and maybe we will still be their friends and follow our (laughs) podcast also at no just kidding (laughs) yeah well who are we talking to today tim our first guest that we have the pleasure of introducing on this podcast dixie henning Woohoo! she's the coolest let's ask her some questions All right. Rapid fire questions. I'm ready. Change or consistency? Um, I'm going to say change. Several years ago, there was a hot debate around whether the dress was blue and black or white and gold. Okay. The thing is, I can see it both ways. Both? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Task oriented or people oriented? People. Carpet or hardwood? Depends on where in the house. If it's in the kitchen, hardwood. Oceans or lakes? Oceans. Rain or sun? Rain. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Sea or space? Mmm, space. Soup or salad? Soup. Sunrise or sunset? Midday. (laughs) Perfect. East coast or west coast? I have never been to the east coast, so west coast. (laughs) Fair, fair. Laundry or dishes? Bathroom. I would rather clean the bathroom than do laundry or dishes. (laughs) Strong words. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Passenger or driver? Driver. Vanilla or chocolate? Vanilla. Handshakes or hugs? Social distancing. Or phone calls or texts? (laughs) Texts. (laughs) Homebody or free spirit? Homebody. Spender or saver? Saver. Do you call it soda or pop? I call it what the drink is. So Coca-Cola. Disappointing. (laughs) Books or movies? 
movies. Introvert or extrovert? Introvert. That's it. You did it. <laughs> I did it. This is so much more stressful on this side. <laughs> we did a great job. Thank you. <laughs> Dixie, we'd love to get to know you a little better through some icebreakers. You ready? I'm so ready. So how do you feel about being surprised? Do you like it? I love being surprised. It's probably like if someone could throw me surprise parties every single day of the week, I realize that wouldn't be a surprise anymore, but (laughs) I would love it. (laughs) Have you had a surprise party before? Uh, no, I don't think I have. Tim, make a note of that. (laughs) Well, my engagement party was a surprise, but also the engagement was a surprise, so... Oh, so like Stephen proposed and yeah, then and had then, all your yeah, friends. a bunch of people met at our apartment and we had a little little party. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, what's one thing that's on your bucket list? Bucket list. I would very much like to go to New Zealand. Oh and yes. visit the set from The Hobbit. And oh my all gosh. That, all that stuff. I want to do that real bad. <laughs> uh do you have a collection of anything? I don't. I don't think so. We're minimalist, so like, I don't really collect a lot of things. I do hoard stuff sometimes, as you can see from (laughs) to fit in with my shelf. My shelf is overflowing with garbage. (laughs) But uh, other than that, no, not really. (laughs) You collect memories. Yeah, 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 that's it. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) So, what would you say was one of the best gifts that you've ever received? Ooh, that one's hard. So this Christmas, Stephen got me a new ring, which was excellent. It is gorgeous. Can you describe it a little? It's beautiful. Black diamonds, white gold. It's just, I friggin' love it. <laughs> but two years ago on Christmas, Stephen got me an iPad and I cried a lot harder than I did oh. when I got the ring. So, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Man, Stephen. He's really he good at presents. Notes from him. That's awesome. Yeah. Taking notes. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> Have you ever feared for your life? Mm. I have indeed. It's not a great story, though. So I'm not exa- I'm not going to tell that story. But yes. Yes, I have. Oh, man. <laughs> like, any hints? My it's, gosh. I'm well, just it, so we'll probably get into it when we get into the other questions. But my childhood wasn't exactly the best and safest. So a lot of violence and abuse and stuff like that so yeah a little bit but like mm. we'll talk about it later. We'll, we'll get there yeah <laughs> we'll get to it <laughs> what would you say is your favorite dine-in restaurant oh. like place you go to sit down and, and order from a waiter i really love chow mambo i also love any and all sushi places <laughs> because of the sushi not because of the sitting down part. <laughs> so, so, yeah. The sushi prob- is better, though, like when you go to sit yes, in rather is. than the takeout we picked, sushi. We picked up and did like a little date date night and we just picked up some sushi and went to the rims, which was fine. It was delicious, but it's so different when you can't sit and eat it in the, in the shop, you know? What would you say is your favorite thing to do by yourself? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I'm like, I literally can sit just like on the couch or in bed and just like stare at the ceiling and do nothing for like hours. Like a nothing box? <laughs> and just, yeah. Like zoning out? And I've talked to Steven about this and we talked to Nathan Fordham about it on his episode. I just, I can turn literally everything off and it's so relaxing <laughs> and I don't have to do anything and I don't have to think about anything. So yeah, 
That's oh. probably <laughs> it's like meditating, but well, actually, yes, it's meditating. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> what would you say your favorite TV show is? Right now, it's The Good Place. Mm. Like a month ago, it would have been New Girl or Parks and Rec. Solid. But The Good Place right now is excellent. <laughs> How many seasons are there of that? There's four. I've watched so it like 12 times, and the fourth season only came out like two months ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> Hot take. Is this show the new office then? Oh, I don't know. I don't think anything can compete with The Office, really, just in like overall content. But like... The Good Place is good for, like, quick laughs and then also really, really, really touching heartfelt Mm. moments. Whereas, like, you have a lot more time over the office to, like, build relationships. Mm. Whereas in The Good Place, it's like, get to know the characters now because they're dead. (laughs) Also, spoiler alert. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you figure that out at the very first episode, so it's fine. It's all it's all good. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) And what would you say your favorite ice cream flavor is? I, so Steven makes fun of me a lot for this, but it's vanilla. <laughs> like oh, French, just, just vanilla. literally just vanilla. Nothing on it? Nothing on it. Like I will <laughs> just eat vanilla ice cream. I, I'll do like the homemade vanilla or like French mm. vanilla. Like I'll vary in my vanillas, but vanilla is my favorite. I, it's just, Respect. It's just so good. You're a purist. Why would you put anything on it? It's, <laughs> it's cold cream. What else do you want? That's <laughs> so good. I'll refrain from answering because this isn't my episode. <laughs> I mm. do like other ice creams, but I will always choose vanilla. It's like that moment when you're standing in the freezer aisle and yeah. you're looking at all the options. Like if I can't decide on sherbet or, or sherbet and like... A rocky road kind of thing. It's like I guess I'll eat, eat vanilla. <laughs> like that sounds it's a good. Safe option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also I also opt for if it's like a mixed ice cream, so like it has stuff in it. If it's a vanilla ice cream with stuff in it, I'm more likely to pick that I than I am a chocolate ice cream. With that, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> like I will always pick the vanilla option. <laughs> so like cookies and cream with vanilla. Okay, we can, be, we can be friends. Oh, no. I want ice cream. <laughs> oh. Dixie, who's the smartest person you know? Oh, man. Besides me? Uh, let's see. A present company excluded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, I... That's really hard. Um, it's, you know, it's funny. I've had a lot of time to think about this, seeing how we've been doing this podcast for a year. And I know all the questions. And I could have prepared the answers, but I didn't. This is much better. <laughs> um, probably Stephen. I mean, yeah, it's Stephen. He's a smart. He's guy. pretty smart. Like yeah. nine times out of ten, if I'm having an issue, I'm like, okay, just like tell me what I'm not hearing. <laughs> So, yeah, Steven's probably the smartest That's a fantastic type of person to have in your life. Yeah. Like, what am I not seeing here? Yeah. <laughs> it's convenient that's he, that he's my husband, but, like, also, outside of that friendship and relationship, it's like, can you just be honest with me and tell me what I'm not <laughs> noticing in my own life right now? What am I doing wrong? And he's really, really generous about not putting me down in things mm. like that, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Steven. Very good. Mm-hmm. Dixie, do you have a secret talent? 
Okay. That you've I, just been pe- waiting is, to tell the world about. This is the one that I genuinely spent time thinking about. Like, I literally ran through the questions in my head over the last week. And I was like, this is the one I literally don't know the answer to. <laughs> I have no idea. I think I'm just a really open person. So maybe I, I like to make sound effects with my mouth a lot. I make a lot of popping and like buzzing noises. Sure. A lot. Like, <laughs> is there is there something that when people find out that you do this thing, they're like, oh, I didn't know that. It's usually the the noises that I make. Yeah. With my mouth because it's it's like a um reaction. Can, can you demonstrate a few for us? Yeah, your elephant sound is and then just a whole bunch of other ones. Well, I don't I can't even think of any of them right now because I'm like panicking. But it's like I'm impressed. I'm, I'm starstruck so right now. That was very impressive. I, literally like it's a it's a knee-jerk reaction when I get in an awkward situation. I just start making noises and usually people are like what is that? I'm like, ah, just, they're so good. I just Seriously. Panicked. I've tried to imitate them and I suck at it. So kudos to you and your awesome you. Thank you so much. And what was your first job? My first job, my first paid job was Wendy's Old Fashioned Burgers. I started working there when I was 14 and a half. Nice. And my mom worked there and my sister worked there and my stepdad worked there. And I think a few of my cousins still work at the same store that I worked at. <laughs> um, I think I worked there for like four and a half years. But like other jobs, like my first first job was picking up dog poop because we bred pit bulls and sold them. Mm. Um, and I made $10 for, per puppy that we sold, which looking back, I'm like, I should have gotten paid a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> we sold them for like $500. Like, that's not even like enough of a fraction of what we sold them for <laughs> so selling puppies or wendy's okay yeah and uh do you have a proudest accomplishment proudest accomplishment i think right now that would be getting out of debt um mm. especially so for steven i feel like it's not as big of an accomplishment because his family is so financially adept and like they <laughs> know how to handle money and stuff like that but growing up i never understood how finances were supposed to work and credit was something that you need to have and you borrow money all the time and like that whole thing Hmm. so getting out of debt um at i think i was 26 27 when we got out of debt like that's i don't even know if any of my family is out of debt i might be one of the first people in my family to get out of debt and that's like That's big, yeah. especially growing up in like poverty and stuff like that. Like not having debt is so, oh my gosh, it feels so good. And it's I love so it. So freeing. Yeah. Did you and Steven celebrate in any way when you guys well, were we, out of debt? <laughs> we actually finished paying off our debt a day before we went to Disneyland. Oh, so we weren't wow. perfect. Planning on celebrating like that, but we yeah, <laughs> the Happiest trip was paid for Earth. by our by uh, Stephen's parents, so we weren't like spending a ton of money. That's a pretty good way to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. and then when we uh, finished saving our like emergency fund and stuff, we bought all of our uh, iPads and Macs and all that stuff. So yeah, we've celebrated a couple times. Mm. Way to be. <laughs> we're I mean, it's our important. money now. So oh, absolutely. Fine. Yeah, and yeah. also we're not paying rent right now, so it's like yeah, let's do it. <laughs> That's Good amazing. Job. Yeah. It's a great thing to be proud of. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got a couple more questions for I'm you. Ready. Here. Do you have a favorite failure? And if so, what? 
Oh, man. A favorite failure? I honestly, like, I'm not shy about telling people when I mess up. Um, There are a few that come to mind immediately when I think about failures. Like, my senior year, I decided to play Flight of the Bumblebee on trumpet for Eastern A. Um, And I had it memorized. Like, I had it down perfectly. And I trumpet player so like i was getting in my own head and my ego was getting a little big so i went into my adjudication and literally could not play a single note and i totally messed up and the adjudicator was like um be better i don't know what to tell you (laughs) feel that in my soul and like at this point in time i'd been playing trumpet for 17 years it's mm. like oh my god i can't believe i just messed up so, so horribly what was that experience did you have just like a total mind blank on what the first I literally, note was it and was couldn't like, get started i just could not get the air to come out of my lungs and then when i finally did it was like halfway through the song and my accompanist was like already into it and she was like what's going on (laughs) so that's one and then i had another moment similar situation an adjudication for my sophomore final for vocal performance at rocky and i forgot the words to one of my songs halfway through and literally i left the stage oh no i literally like my accompanist was like oh She's done. Never mind. <laughs> and then I came back oh, out and I was like, can I sing something else, please? And I killed it. I had sang a French song and it was supposed to be like this really like aggressive and like angry thing. And I had had a problem with singing it before this moment, but I was so mad at myself for forgetting the words to the other song that I freaking crushed it. Oh, and nice. I passed. I was like, yeah. It's That's fun- impressive. It's to even come funnier back because pretty good failure. the song I forgot the words to was in English. <laughs> I was like, how is it, how is it that I forgot the words that I know? <laughs> I speak this language. French song. I don't even know what this French song is about. <laughs> Do you still remember it? Um, Parts of it. I don't know if I could sing it anymore because I haven't been singing very much. I'm so impressed, though, that you like to have a failure where you feel so dejected and you're like, I your your game face was on. You're ready to mm-hmm. sing. And then you forget it. And then you walk off stage. But to pull yourself together and be like, no, I'm singing this. And <laughs> to go back pass. out with a new song, too. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I would have moved states. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have seen it. Sounds like it was a pretty cool I, moment. So Stephen was ex, so it was a, in a adjudication kind of thing so only teachers were allowed in the room while we were performing um but steven and a couple of my friends were standing out in the hallway outside of the performance room and steven was like holy crap a completely different person got on the stage after that last song i was like yeah thumbs up wow i did it i did pass i think i only got a b though so i'm still a little upset about that it's fine I'll talk to Dr. Hart about it later. <laughs> All right. Anyway. We'll put a marker there. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Are there foods that you will never eat? Just I refuse to. I hate peas. I okay. Hate, I hate peas. They're the, my least favorite food item in the world. I don't like potatoes, but I will eat them. I have, (laughs) Sarah actually made some really, really good potato soup, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's potatoes, and I love it. She does make phenomenal (laughs) potato soup. Yeah, I've I've been raised to eat whatever is put in front of me, so 
if there are peas in something, I will eat it. If I'm at someone's house and they made something, like, I'll eat it. I'm not going to tell you I like it. <laughs> <laughs> and you will never make them yourself. <laughs> no. Because honesty is important, it's, right? Yeah. It's like, I ate it. it you, that was food. Thank you. <laughs> Flavorful. Yeah. I, I liked everything else about this. <laughs> okay. So, please. And mm-hmm. with, with also a potatoes asterisk. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Or any organ meat i don't do organ meat Mm. either that's fair i well my rule is i will have kidney pie i think it is that Mm -hmm. steven talks about if we are in ireland and i get it at a pub like i want the person who invented it to make it for me that's a fair qualifier (laughs) though like when it's the dish that this place is famous for Okay. Like, I'm not going to get French food in Mexico. Like, no, that's not. That's basically what you're asking me to do. <laughs> I will go to Ireland. Okay. <laughs> I respect that. That's really great. Yeah. Is there a worst fashion trend you've ever participated in? Only every fashion trend I've ever participated in. <laughs> I feel like I'm chronically the person that like sees a trend while it's happening. And then I try to do it. And I'm like, this is not for me. <laughs> so like I try to do the skinny jeans and I'm like, my hips are humongous. This is not going to work. <laughs> um, there was one time my mom accidentally gave me a mullet haircut. Oh no. Oh yeah. One day I had it one day and then I went to a friend's house and she shaved my, <gasps> like the bottom half of my head. And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> so a, a lot friend. of things. I mean, I, I definitely did the side ponytail thing, which was really, really hip in mm-hmm. late oh, early yeah. 90s. Yep. And then that happened with a scrunchie. Yes. yes, with a scrunchie. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And then when I was in elementary school, which is very not on par with me as a person, I would wear these little rubber earrings, depending on what like this, the um, extracurricular activity was for the day. So like if I had PE, I would wear like little soccer ball earrings <laughs> or if I had music, I would wear little music earrings. I love That's that fantastic. so much. Me How- looking back on that, I'm like, that was too too much work (laughs) no way (laughs) okay quality um what is your biggest pet peeve i hate metal rubbing on metal or like metal on teeth like when people like pull Mm. their fork out of their mouth and it rubs against Uh their teeth i literally have threatened people (laughs) sitting at the table like do not do this i will stab you with my butter knife (laughs) also makes it very difficult to go to the dentist i have nightmares about getting my teeth cleaned because of the metal touching my teeth i have to have um the special gas that makes me loopy i still cry (laughs) like I you can it. get through it. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I the last time I went to the dentist, I told them I told the um hygienist uh that I if you don't give it to me, I might try to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I got it. <laughs> and also I'm gonna cry a lot, but it's not your fault. So that's very interesting. You don't like the dentist, not for any of like the classic reasons, no. but specifically because I hate of metal on my metal. teeth. I hate it. Which I'm so glad I never had braces. <laughs> so so glad (laughs) you could have had metal just fastened to your teeth i know how great would that been yeah and i would have like walked into traffic that (laughs) that sounds terrible specifically (laughs) the sound of metal against Mm -hmm. your teeth right so if it was glued in place maybe yeah that might be better sure but still i'd not risk it though i know no no braces ever be careful (laughs) 
I had to get a, a mouth guard um, because I rub my teeth together when mm-hmm. I'm sleeping. And I was so worried that there was going to be metal in it, but there's not. I was like, thank you, you Jesus. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Crisis averted. Yeah, Close we're call. fine. Solved it. <laughs> okay. Um, so again, present company excluded. Who would you call your best friend? Um, that, okay, so I had this conversation with Steven in the car the other day, because I was like, I can't say Steven. Like, everyone knows he's my best friend. Like, that's an obvious answer. So, (laughs) I was like, I have to think about who I spend the most time with, because I don't, I feel like I like being friends with everybody, but I have a hard time picking out individual people that I'm, like, really, really good friends with. Sure. So, honestly, I have to exclude your exclusion because i was gonna say sarah (laughs) and uh, sarah and shayla and then also maria knight Mm -hmm. like probably top top three all right we can make an exception for one of our questions we'll allow top three favorite friends (laughs) because it's such a positive unifying thing exactly perfect and that's a good way of describing it too like who do you spend the most time with who do you feel you can like that talk to about anything or Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i think i think it's i mean there are some situations like i have a friend that i grew up with her name is colleen and she lives in arizona i've been friends with her for 26 years and she's my friend i wouldn't say we're best friends anymore but at a point we were best friends and i think that just like we change throughout our lives like our relationships should change as well like we shouldn't only be friends with like one person Mm. because then that limits your perspective on everything else like i need to be friends with other people i have to be friends with people that don't agree with me like me and colleen agree about almost everything so it's like i'm not gonna learn anything from you now like we're the same person so i think it's important to have friends like rotate not like to not in a Mm. weird way not in a Mm -hmm. mean way like i don't want to be friends with you anymore but like i need to i my best friend needs to change with me totally you know, agree so sure so yeah, I, uh, I think that's a really mature perspective too there's that idea you, of like so <laughs> friends of the road mm-hmm. and the idea of like life is a journey and your stages of life are going to change the things that you do the people yeah. you interact with regularly will just naturally change because mm-hmm. it's what people do we're supposed to who grow and develop but then there's friends of the heart mm-hmm. who are more like a spouse or yeah. someone who is you're gonna ride through the road with yeah i think that's an interesting yeah there's Parallel. always those people that like my friend Shanna, like if I hang out with her, like it's like nothing's changed. Like we're the same same people mm-hmm. and I love talking to her or my friend Kaylee, all of these people. It's like we were best friends and we got through a specific thing together, but we're in totally different places hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So it's OK for us to have other friends. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. Fantastic. Excellent answer. Thank you. <laughs> all right. We're down to the last uh the last question here i'm so ready when you were little what did you want to be when you grew up a helicopter driver <laughs> that's literally <laughs> what i said helicopter driver so didn't have like didn't how have old were you when four the, oh, i four. was four i like i i don't have it in here i have a preschool journal book thing that i made um in preschool and i wrote helicopter driver oh, of course amazing. i spelled both words wrong oh they're also, tough words <laughs> Helicopter is a long, I don't think I could spell it now, but helicopter driver. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so in, in your four-year-old mind, mm-hmm. what did your day-to-day look like as a helicopter driver? Oh, man. What, what did you imagine? What did you love about I, I that? I think it was like a predetermined answer for me, 
only because my dad worked for Boeing mm. and he was a helicopter mechanic. Mm. So like a lot of my early childhood was talking about airplanes and helicopters and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we lived in Apache Junction, so we talked a lot about like the Apache helicopters and all that stuff. So by four, I was like, I know what helicopters are. I'll drive one. <laughs> I love that so much. There's like nothing else. Sense. It's just helicopters was just like helicopters, helicopters. It's in your head. Just say that. <laughs> now I would not say that. It sounds like a scary thing to drive. It's very intimidating. I mean, I've I've heard people say that too, but I feel like how hard could it be? You know, you just like there's it's a joystick. Like, it's not like there's brain the, surgery. There's the gas lever. Uh, I, I per- personally do don't like the spinning blades of death above your head. That's the turnoff for me. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't want them to turn off. Keep spinning and that's how you fly. <laughs> Fair. Well, maybe just like just put a pin in that dream. Yeah. yeah. For your four year old. Yeah. You could explore being a helicopter yeah. driver later down the road. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I don't think I'm tall enough. I don't know how that works. I don't know how I don't know That's how a good question airplanes Perfect. or helicopters work. Someone out there who's informed on these things, can you adjust the seat in a helicopter? <laughs> is this it is like now a car? very important for us because, to know. Okay, but seriously, my, we just bought a new car, our Subaru, and like there is not a space in between the closest setting and like the next setting, uh, which is exactly mm, what I need. Yeah, <laughs> because I have to be able to reach the clutch. Yep, and it, I'm sitting on the steering wheel right now. <laughs> it's fine. We'll just get a Still bunch of it. pillows and prop them up behind you on the largest setting. You're so much smarter really than great. me. Duck I would the, like to change my and... answer for smartest person to be Sarah. <laughs> Sorry, Valid. Steven. I, I, I think that that alone <laughs> like, kicks yeah. that up that extra you're, notch. You're accurate. For sure. <laughs> oh, Dixie. Hey. I think you're delightful. Thanks. And it's such an honor to get to talk to you today. Seriously. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's been really, how long have we? I'm trying to think back to when I think we became close this um it was February that mm-hmm. we started playing D and D together mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah. True story. But you and I went to college together mm-hmm. for a hot minute. For a whole oh my minute. goodness. It was so fun. We were in choir. <laughs> yep. Got to see each other every day at noon. Dr. <laughs> Hark. Oh gosh. Yeah. But Yeah, that was fun. But really, it's been amazing getting to know you and mm-hmm. think you're just a delightful person. I'm so excited to Thanks. kind of fill in some gaps, I think, that are lacking from your very first episode. You <laughs> yeah. were guest number two, right? Yes, I was. Guest no, Oh, yeah. yeah. You were second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Steven was first. a little bitter that you weren't guest number one? Well, it was on his birthday, so I was like, I guess that makes <sighs> sense. But that's also why I'm first this time, so... <laughs> Got it. Ah, Got it. So we're, we're writing that wrong yeah. here is what yeah, we're doing. Yeah, we're fixing Perfect. it. Love Obviously, it. I'm more enjoyable to listen to, and they're fixing this now. So, But that was a complaint I feel like you got from your listeners who were like, we need more Dixie. <laughs> listeners, asterisk, Sarah. <laughs> It's just been so like getting to know you and then listening to your podcast. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have so many more questions. There's so much more to ask. And now is our chance to get to know everything about Dixie. I know looking back at those episodes, it was like, I only talked for 20 minutes. I could do better than that. Yeah. So gosh, can we can we start from the beginning? Can you just share like where you grew up, what your family life was like. I know you shared a little bit during those icebreakers that it it was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you faced a lot of challenges. I um, just love to hear your story. Absolutely. I was born in San Diego, California, 
just like someone else I know. It's to be born in. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. I only lived there for like six months, so I don't actually know if it's great. Also, but... same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Moved on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so born in San Diego, I am simultaneously the second child and also the third child. We'll Explain more. Okay. <laughs> that in a second. Um, uh, we moved to Arizona when I was about six or seven months old. I have an older sister that I've lived with. Um, her name is Avery. Um, she's two years older than me. We moved to Arizona, uh, grew up there mostly, did most of my like formative years in Arizona because we moved to Montana when I was like 13, 14. So um, my parents had... My mom and my dad had Avery, my older sister, me, and then six or almost seven years after me, they had my little sister, Shelby. Um, and then about like a year or two years after Shelby was born, they got divorced. And my dad and my older sister ended up moving to Louisiana. And my little sister and me and my mom ended up moving to Montana and did a year of high school at West ended up moving to Laurel and did another four years of high school <laughs> because I failed all of my classes oh, no. my freshman year because I'm good at stuff. Um, <laughs> I was just really mad about having to move to Montana. So I was like, I'm going to fail all my classes because in my hormonal teenage mind, I was like, if I fail all my classes, we'll move back to Arizona. Oh. That's not how it works. Do you remember why Montana? Um, my mom's family lives here. So oh, my sure. mom's mom lives here. Um, my dad's family lives in Arizona. So got it. Not a whole lot of reason to stay there. Yeah. <laughs> so and I lived with my mom. So moved up to Montana, did school at West and then did four years at Laurel. Met Stephen on year three of Laurel, my junior year or first senior year. You could call it probably. I don't know. <laughs> um, met Stephen, graduated, did it in five years, but I still did it. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> yeah. Stephen and I actually broke up for about a year after I graduated, um, and I started going to Rocky. Um, about two years into going to Rocky, Stephen and I started dating again, and then we got engaged and decided that we didn't want to do school anymore because we were going to get married, and we never went back. <laughs> So happily ever after. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're almost we're five and a half years in to being married and it's too legit to quit. (laughs) And you guys are the coolest ever. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty cool. Steven's like, uh, I'm just kidding. He's awesome. He's smart, but that's it. huh? Yeah. (laughs) It's just his looks, you know, he's he's pretty devilishly handsome. That's how I would personally describe him. (laughs) Me too. So how would you describe your family growing up? Like, what would your what is your role in your family look like? And what were the dynamics like? Um, Well, I actually at one point in time, I think like. Late teens, early 20s, I joked a lot about writing a book about sibling dynamics, specifically Hmm. because I am. So, like I said earlier, I am the second and third child simultaneously because my mom had a kid in high school that she gave up for adoption um and then she had my older sister and then me um but my half sister is only my related by my mom so that's why i consider third and second yeah (laughs) Hmm. um but so there's a 
big gap between me and my little sister. There's about seven years difference. Um, so for a long time, I was the youngest. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, I was not the youngest, <laughs> which sure. is yeah epitome of every middle child. Um, you guys don't understand that. And that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Oldest children. Silly. Sorry. Um, we'll try so, harder. <laughs> so uh, my older sister, she uh, she ended up getting sick. She has Crohn's disease. Um, she was diagnosed when I was like nine or ten years old. Hmm. Um, so I kind of had this protective like big sister feel even though I was the middle sister Mm. just because she was a lot weaker and smaller than than me um even being two years older than me Mm. so I kind of feel like I have a big sister dynamic while also being a little sister (laughs) and then the space between me and my little sister Shelby sometimes I feel like her aunt and other times I'm like I'm her big sister and other times we're <laughs> twins. So <laughs> it's, it's definitely wow, weird. Yeah. Um, I really wish that I had had a brother. Um, but I mean, that's fine. We, I can't do anything about that now. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Like what type of dynamic I, do you think that would have interjected? That I, would have been positive? Um, so growing up, like I said, I had a pretty difficult childhood. Um, and a lot of my childhood was spent being like, the big kid or like the strong kid um and i think in my caveman brain like i think if i had a brother this i wouldn't have had to be that person Hmm. like if i had a big brother i wouldn't have had to be the strong kid you know like because he would have taken care of it Mm -hmm. but because i didn't have a brother and my older sister was ill and you know smaller (sighs) than me it Mm -hmm. was like i guess i'll be the big brother now Hmm. (laughs) which i don't know what like like I said, caveman brain. I was like, mm. I need to be the boy, apparently, <laughs> because boy means strong. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, my childhood was rough. Um, so we've had my mom on the podcast already. Um, and if you've listened to that, you'd know that my mom was a drug addict. My dad, however, was also um addicted to stuff so he um he was like an abusive alcoholic um and then i'm pretty sure he still does weed which is legal in most places so like whatever but back then it wasn't so Mm. um so i i can't like put blame on either one of my parents because it was like a takes two to tango kind Mm. of thing my mom was making a lot of bad decisions and my dad was making a lot of bad decisions um but like how they handled it separately is the difference there and hmm. made the difference in my childhood like i don't have a relationship with my dad anymore i don't talk to him i don't do anything with him i don't have anything to do with him um and that's mostly because um he has a tendency to like force blame on other people like he won't take credit for what he did wrong Mm -hmm. and he doesn't see what he did wrong and a lot of his family is like being an alcoholic is fine whatever um and that can be a really tough mindset to uh, approach oh yeah and like i'm honestly convinced that he probably has uh like mental delay like asperger's or something like that Mm -hmm. um just because socially he's not very 
there. <laughs> um, but the biggest thing I remember from my childhood um, is my dad would always talk bad about my mom. Mm. And even though my mom was making a lot of bad choices, she never talked bad about my dad. Well, yeah. And she still doesn't. She never, mm. like, she consistently is like, you should call your dad. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that was the the biggest, like, shift in, like, my mindset. Um, and honestly, a very big reason why I don't talk to him today. Because he's still kind of in that she did everything wrong. Even though he was the one that was getting drunk and abusive mm. feels like he's not owning what his yeah, part in it was yeah it's like yes my mom did meth but you also <laughs> physically abused my mom and my older sister like mm. you're not not in the wrong <laughs> mm -hmm. so like you gotta get over that so yeah childhood was eh, a little rough that i don't have so hard to i don't have a lot of i don't have a lot of great memories from my childhood there are some, of course, like I, I remember some good things, but when you have a surplus of bad things, it's hard to remember all the good things that happened. Like good things for sure were my relationship with my sisters for sure. And eventually my relationship with my mom. But, um, yeah, there was just a lot of, um, a lot of violence and abuse. I didn't, I didn't personally get physically abused by my dad um it was mostly my mom and my older sister but like my earliest memories some of my earliest memories are very trauma filled mm. yeah. um like there's one memory and i don't even remember like how i got to this memory but specifically i remember a police officer picking me up in the kitchen and carrying me down the hallway because I wasn't wearing shoes and there was a bunch of broken glass mm. in the hallway. It's stuff like that. Like, I don't have, like, I have a couple mm -hmm. Christmases that I remember that are, like, excellent, cool, we were happy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but, and actually, on Christmas Eve, we spent Christmas Eve with you guys. Shayla was asking everybody, like, What's what's a tradition that you guys remember from Christmas? That was so hard for me. Mm. I literally was like, I'm going to not talk, <laughs> which mm. is I mean, I talk a lot. So <laughs> but like I you guys were all talking about um, your traditions with like Santa and all of that stuff. And literally all I could think about was like one of the last Christmases I remember in Arizona during that time. Like it was a paper tree that we taped to the cupboard door and we got pajamas for christmas that year like i don't have a lot of good memories of my childhood and it's really hard to talk about but i think it's important to talk about these kinds of things absolutely because uh, uh, a lot of people go through stuff like this um and a lot of people aren't willing to talk about it i think some people assume that well-rounded people don't have trauma like this in their past and i wouldn't assume that i'm like overly well-rounded <laughs> but like um it's it's something that people don't realize about my past very often like i struggled with family that were addicted to drugs and abuse and like at a young age like i had to figure out how to just like remove myself from things um, and it's definitely like made me the person that I am 
hmm. today. And it makes me like my personality is very much the same as it was as like an eight year old hmm. in those situations. Like I kind of revert back to that. I get in a very protective stance and like hmm. I'm I'm the I'm the boy. I'm going to fix everything. Hmm. It's just I think people need to realize that there's a lot more going on in someone's past that defines how they are now Hmm. people don't ask that and they're not willing to have those hard conversations and stuff like that so no one ever knows it's incredibly cool that you will talk about that Mm -hmm. because i think you're exactly right most people would not assume that the normal people they know in their life <laughs> yeah, they uh, go through hard stuff. may have been through some pretty tough stuff, yeah. uh, whether that's as children or as young adults or whatever the stage might have been. Um, I think we often look at people that we respect or mm-hmm. that we enjoy their company, um, and we assume that they've had a very uh, stress-free life right. or that they haven't really had to uh, grapple with some, some dark places mm-hmm. in themselves. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and like... I I mean, I don't want to go into all the things because it's just a lot. I've had a lot of uh, really hard things in my life, but um, just being willing to be open. Um, I noticed that when I first started talking about um, my fertility stuff and talking about how it was difficult to get pregnant, like more people ended up talking to me because they were like, I didn't realize Mm. that you were going through this and like, I'm going through this too. Mm -hmm. And I think more people, like if you're going through something like there's, it's important to keep some things private. Like there's some things that are meant just for you and you don't have to disclose them at all. But in situations like infertility and abuse and alcoholism and drugs and sexual abuse all of that stuff like it needs to be talked about because if we're not talking about it it's more people getting abused more people in depression and anxiety that aren't talking about it and end up doing things to themselves or to others Mm. because they're so stressed about everything that's going on Mm -hmm. absolutely you're I think designed to bear these burdens together. Yeah. The idea of bringing it into the open and finding connection with someone else, mm-hmm. and like reaching that hand out in the darkness of like, hey, you're not alone. And yeah. This is hard and I may not be able to fix it, but I'm with you. And yeah. it's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've real. so I've always respected your openness <laughs> and you have a way with words for sure. I remember <laughs> reading your you were so brave and sharing about you're in Stephen's desire to have a family mm-hmm. and how how much grief is written in your story. Yeah. When for a lot of people, that's not a part of their fertility journey and it can feel overwhelming. I think it's it's crazy. Like one in four mm-hmm. couples, I think, struggle with infertility. Yeah. Uh, so it's incredibly common, but very, very painful oh, because yeah. the desires are so close to your heart. And almost never talked about. Yeah. And almost no. never talked about. Before I started sharing, like, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't, I like, I had <sighs> relatives that have had that, you know, issue with fertility and miscarriage and all this stuff. But, like, no one talks about it. And it's like, why aren't you talking about it? Other people need to know that it's okay to feel the way that you do. And that there's help and healing and hope and all of that stuff outside of how you're feeling oh yes how would you wish the narrative would change around that 
as a culture, how would you wish we'd changed the I, way we talked about infertility? Um, so I actually, I've said it already on the podcast, but like, I'm really open. I think before anything changes with how people talk about fertility and miscarriage and PCOS, all that stuff, it needs to start with people being willing to be open about themselves before they're open about like their health mm. and like finances even. Like if you're not willing to be honest about the small things in your life, no one's going to hear you when you're talking about the big things. Oh, that's very mm. good. Wow. Yeah. So like, and it's not an excuse, but like, this is why I'm like, yeah, I will talk to you about literally anything. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> because I think it's important to realize that I'm willing to be honest about these things so that you know that I'm being honest about the big things. Oh, Dixie, that's so inspiring. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like, my heart's pounding. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> I, found, that. I found a lot of people, like, and we, you guys know I'm an Enneagram 8, and I just like making people understand what I think, <laughs> um, and I don't care what you think <laughs> simultaneously. Um, but, like, I just, I've had this experience many times where someone says that they want people to be honest. And then I'd be honest with them and they're like, okay, but a little less honest. <laughs> and I can't handle those people. <laughs> it's like, if you can't handle all of it, then I'm not going to give you any of it. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a review, which helps others find the show. If you find this podcast valuable, please just tell a friend or anyone you know about the show in person with a text or by sharing about the show on social media. You can join us on Instagram and Twitter at NoPeoplePod. Be sure to visit us at NoNormalPeople.com, where you can sign up for our email newsletter called The Three Thought Thing. Find links to everything we talk about in the episode show notes and browse our ever-growing merch store. I think a lot of people, because I've run into that too, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people like the idea of honesty mm -hmm. a lot more than they like actually being honest yeah. and hearing honesty because yeah. that can also be difficult. Yes, hard. for real. Yeah, And that's why I, I value friends like you guys and like the Fifes and even Maria, your guys' willingness to be honest with me. Like we had that moment when I texted the group and, and then Stephen was like hey i think that they don't agree with what you're saying and i was like oh sorry <laughs> like your guys' willingness to be like you're kind of dumb <laughs> like we need people like that we in our lives <laughs> i know but like no but Dixie what's took special it <laughs> is that like we can agree and disagree yeah on so many different areas and mm -hmm. still go through life together and still mm -hmm. care about each other yeah and we can be with you and steven in this space where you guys desperately desire family and oh, yeah. you're looking at like how do we how what does our story look like right. in this space and it's going to be different than our story and different than the vice but then tim and i have our own stuff that's going on that's right what's our thing what's our issue yeah. that we're struggling with that may not be an issue for you guys but right. it's just that space of empathy and putting aside comparisons mm -hmm. and 
and embracing honesty and messiness and yeah and love through all of that yeah i was actually um i spend a lot of time thinking about about this but i was thinking about jesus in the garden of gethsemane um and how he brought the apostles with him to the garden left a few of them down at the base brought peter and james and john i think up a little farther with him and then jesus was like can you just sit here and wait i'm gonna go in and pray Hmm. um and he spends some time praying and then comes out and finds the three of them sleeping he's like you couldn't even stay awake for 20 minutes while i pray like can you guys just like i need you to be here for me um and then he goes back and he prays and he comes back and he finds them kind of dozing off and then he goes back and he prays some more and he comes back and jesus like the time of my betrayal like it's time like we gotta go um thinking about that whole scenario um i don't want to compare myself to jesus like i'm not saying i am jesus in this scenario but in in situations like this where jesus is literally saying please take this cup from me in those moments that like we're grieving and in just like deep deep despair it's not that people aren't with you they are they can't come into the garden with you they can't understand what you're doing in the garden and why you're praying but there's three people waiting right outside the gate hmm. And they may not understand what you're going through, but they're there and they're praying. Mm -hmm. And despite their inability to stay awake, they're with you. And even farther past that, there's more people sitting there waiting for you. Mm -hmm. Like they can't come into the garden with you. They can't experience what you're experiencing Mm -hmm. and they can't carry what you're carrying. Like you, you will never understand how I feel about Bonnie. And that's not. It's not mm-hmm. a bad thing. It's just, and even Steven, Steven doesn't know how I feel about Bonnie and I can't understand how he feels and how he copes with, with Bonnie, but he's still right outside the gate. Like he's mm-hmm. still there. Um, and having those people that are willing to come with you to the garden is important mm. and not getting mad at them. So like Jesus coming out the first time and being like, you couldn't even stay awake like that moment of don't put the pressure that you are feeling on somebody waiting outside the gate. Hmm. Like they can't carry this. Like this thing was made specifically for you. They're here for you, but they cannot carry it for you. And that I've been thinking about that a lot. Um, And I actually, so we were going to wait to tell you guys, but I think I want to tell you now and i'm not doing it just because we're recording but um we actually had another miscarriage um it was like the week before the surprise party for shayla um and it's it's so completely different to how how everything with bonnie was like bonnie was the like that light like i can get pregnant like Mm -hmm. i can do it um and now moving past that and now oh Dixie being in being in the garden again and experiencing mm. similar grief but for a whole like it's a completely different reason this time like I like mm. I already know I can get pregnant because I've done it and now I'm in a place where I'm grieving like 
the me that was with Bonnie is can't understand the me that's with we named him Jonah um the me that's mm. with Jonah and like I'm not the same person that I was when we lost Bonnie and even myself is waiting outside the gate you know like oh. I'm sitting outside the gate waiting for me to be at a place to come out and be like okay we gotta keep moving um oh friend and being willing to like i can't place my grief on you guys like i can't i can tell you about it but i can't Mm. expect you to carry it for me um and that is something that i think people miss when they when they're hearing people talk about hard things they miss like you don't have to you don't have to feel everything with me i just need you to be there Mm. and i need you to try to understand and if you go through this know that i've been there and i won't understand how you feel about it now because like our lives are so different like you grew up with you're the oldest of of three kids Mm. (laughs) i'm the middle of four three kids Like our lives are so different and I can't expect to understand how you experience things. Like I'm not the same person as you. Um, And taking that weight off of everybody and assuming that everybody needs to feel things the same way. It's important. And being willing to talk about being honest about everything and open and being vulnerable, which is very difficult for Mm. me. vulnerability is difficult honesty is not difficult (laughs) so i i will i will say and i think i speak for many of us in saying that it is an honor to wait outside the gate for you thank you and we're with you in this Mm -hmm. thank you for telling us Mm -hmm. and your bravery is so inspiring and yeah i my heart is just pouring out to you Mm mm-hmm Thank you. <laughs> Your weird, awkward hug. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Dixie, can you talk more about, um, my heart's so, full of so many questions, but one that's coming to the top is for people who have friends or people that they care about and they feel at a loss of knowing how to be with them. Mm-hmm. How do you be with someone who's going through something that you could never begin to imagine? Um, what does support look like in a way that you can feel it yeah i think so the specifically like christianese like everybody says i'll pray for you making a point to actually do that Mm -hmm. (laughs) don't just say it don't just you know that facebook post like i'll i'm praying for you Mm -hmm. like if you're gonna say it do it Mm. like i don't know i don't know how to explain it but in situations where like talking about bonnie on like facebook and stuff and i see people comment that like you can you know who's actually doing it like Mm. like there's just a feeling i don't know if everybody has that it's just a feeling like i know they're praying Mm. for me i know they are Mm. because they've they've shown me that they're faithful in that kind of kind of thing um so like if you're gonna say i'll pray for you do it be the kind of person Mm. that they know will do it Mm. I so with the miscarriage things, I think the best things that have made it easier to talk about have been the little ways that other people are trying to remember Bonnie and now Jonah. Like my mother in law, she um she had a 
late term miscarriage um, between Stephen and David. And she got a teddy bear for him. His name was Isaac. Um, and when, after we found out that we had miscarried Bonnie, um, she actually gave me that teddy bear. And she was like, this is for Bonnie and for Isaac. Oh. Um, and little things like that. Like, little things that, like, you're thinking about this just as much as I am is so important. Even if, like, you can't, like, like I said, like, you're sitting outside the gate, but you're still there. Like, I know that you're thinking about it. It's that quality time with grief, essentially. Mm. Mm. Little things like that. And even, like, when um on Bonnie's due date, you guys sent us flowers and i cried for like 20 minutes mm. after i just opened the card and i think we have it oh, actually i don't remember where i put it um but little things that show that you're thinking about thinking about the grief or thinking about the hard thing with them makes it easier um and it also makes it so that like, I don't have to tell you how I'm feeling because I know that you're thinking about me and thinking about that feeling. And it makes it easier for people to like, OK, this is this is how I'm feeling now. Mm, like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of past this part of the grief and I'm moving into more of like an acceptance stage. Like people are more willing to talk about that if you are willing to show that you're spending time thinking about those things. And it makes it. A million times easier. Like when my mom was um, in the hospital for like six months over the time when Stephen and I got married. Um, she was in a coma for like a month. The first month after she got home, I couldn't like I couldn't do anything. <laughs> like there was a good amount of time like I couldn't even sleep without a nightlight. Mm. And I was 25, 23, sorry, 23. <laughs> and I was like, I can't even sleep in the dark. <laughs> anymore just thinking about like someone else struggling so being able to like how is your mom doing is she doing better Uh, like little questions like that that aren't super invasive Mm. Mm. um whereas questions like with fertility is like are you trying to get pregnant it's like Mm. don't ask me that (laughs) hopefully nine nine months from now um (laughs) (laughs) but like it's just being like conscious of the little things that might hurt them be aware of what you're saying and how you're saying things and if you're going to do something do it Mm. you're going to pray do it Mm. and yeah that's those are like the best ways Mm. i can think to be be there for someone that's like in a hard place oh thank you wow dixie that's amazing Nine times Thank out of ten, money is not not the solution to those things. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it is, but like, yeah. Exception to the rule. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It's like, I'll take $10, but like, no, nah, that's not <laughs> what I need. <laughs> is there anything else you want to share about this or your child or any of the difficult things you've encountered? Or do you feel like that's a good place to transition to some more present things? Yeah, we could talk about more present things. I think my struggle through life is present even now even though i'm not Mm -hmm. actively struggling in the same ways so absolutely like the grief and the trauma and everything is present every single day it's just that i'm not actively focusing on it so it is 
present in everything that I do. Absolutely. You know? So. Well, I loved how you said that. I think at the end of kind of summarizing your story of growing up and Mm -hmm. how you said that it's made you the person that you are today. Mm -hmm. It's, it's amazing to have an integrated view, I think, of our lives and see like, yeah, was that awful? Was it scary? Do I wish it hadn't happened? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But then to still say, and look how strong I am Mm -hmm. and look how that part has contributed to this little fiber that is Dixie. Yeah. That's just, I think it's so mature. Yeah. And And I think, I think it's okay to even look back on, on your past and be like, I wish that I had these things, but accepting where you are now, despite that. Um, A hundred percent. Like there's a lot of things outside of your, like I can't, I, there was no way for me to control my dad's alcoholism. There was no way for me to control my mom's drug addiction. There was no way to control anything. Yeah. Until, I mean, like, I thought I had control over everything because, like, I was the big kid, you know? But, like, removing yourself from the equation, like, you are the product of this, but you don't have to become this. Mm-hmm. So. Man, so well said. I want to read your book. <laughs> I'll, I'll start, buy a copy of I'll that. I'll start Absolutely. writing. <laughs> so, Dixie, I would love to hear, man, I have so many questions for you, uh, but I guess I'm so inspired by you as an artist. <laughs> I, I think even on the topic of grief, to get mm-hmm. to see some of the ways that you've processed beautifully, mm-hmm. uh, it's like it's poetry with lines to see how <laughs> you have translated visually some of the stuff that you've experienced. It's just, it's, it's amazing. And Follow Dixie Lee Draws on <laughs> yes. the internet because I have a uh, website now. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> Shameless it's terrible, plug. but yes, it's there. But you can see her stuff, which is not terrible. <laughs> yeah. Could you share more about the like content? Your... Right. <laughs> but please, could you talk a little bit more about your art or and other things that you're passionate about? What is it that you c- could just think and talk about forever? Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. I'll interject one more thing before I'm you ready. get going. In that you watched a pretty impactful movie just recently. We would love to hear how that ties into art and everything. Are you talking about Box so, Trolls or Song of the Sea? Song of the Sea. <laughs> okay. Specifically Song I was of the like, Sea. I watched Box Trolls and that was excellent. Well, that Not, as well then too. <laughs> I love yeah. all movies, but specifically Song of the Sea. Oh my gosh. But to answer the art question, I so growing up, I literally I wanted to find the thing that I was good at. Like, I want, like, what am I good at? And um, I spend a lot of time learning to do new things all the time, like currently learning German and kind of learning ASL. So cool. <laughs> and um, so when my brain gets bored, it's like, okay, let's learn to do something new. Like, I have a kalimba right there. That's a kalimba. Learning how to play that. Nice. That's so cool. <laughs> Got that for Christmas. Oh, man. I can play two and a half songs. So basically a pro. Anyway. You're two and a half <laughs> times cooler than all of our other friends now. Yeah. Um. So like, I like to learn to do new things. And when I get bored, it's like I, I'm going to do something, something different. And that's honestly how any art thing started. Like I couldn't sleep one night and I was like, I have some paints and paper i might as well just like do that um and then hmm. steven bought me an ipad and was like now i really want to the do world it. exploded <laughs> yeah <laughs> favorite piece technology so far. the one that i printed for you actually the airplane oh i don't goodness, know why it's so, so much it's so simple it's like four colors 
And like, I literally, every time I scroll past it, like on Instagram or something, I'm like, I did that. That's amazing. Something about that beautiful red plane soaring over Mm -hmm. a field. Yeah. And just like the complementary colors of the red and the green is like, Mm -hmm. you have to tell one of my favorite stories ever about the time you're on a plane next to this one guy. Please tell the story. I was, uh, that was like, mm, that was in September. Um, I was flying to Washington to help my brother-in-law move to Montana and was sitting there on my iPad, my brand new iPad Pro. <laughs> and I was just, Flexing I was so hard. I know. I was watching Avatar, The Last Airbender, because what else are you supposed to do? Um, and the guy that was sitting next to me ended up getting his iPad out and started drawing and because i'm a polite person i wasn't looking at a screen (laughs) (laughs) i was like i'm gonna just watch my avatar and like ignore him and then i kind of glanced over and i saw he was doing some line work and stuff like that and i was like oh he's drawing that's cute um (laughs) you know how a stuck-up artist is (laughs) that's adorable part of my brain was like i should start drawing and show him how much better i am Um, but he so he just kept drawing through this through the entire plane ride and then uh, like maybe 20 minutes before we landed i finally like actually looked over because you know avatar was over so um (laughs) (laughs) and i literally he was drawing i can't remember what piece it was literally he was using a reference photo to to draw something and I look over and it was literally like a piece that I did. Like my my t- stamp was on it and everything. And he was wow. using it as a reference for drawing. And I was like, <gasps> you arrived. I've done it. That has to be He's the most validating it. experience it as an artist. So great. I was like, I I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an art. I did it. <laughs> I didn't say anything, and I really wish I had. What would you have said to him? I could, like in my head, I was like, I should just like open my Procreate app to that piece <laughs> and like just start working on it, or like be like, here's a better reference. <laughs> I didn't. I wish I had, but that was like the most beautiful and majestic moment of my life. Oh my gosh, it's the it was coolest. so great, so stinking great. Ugh. And you're so great. Seriously, oh, I think you're. You. I lo- I've loved watching the, uh, what are they called? The really sped up. Yeah. Thank you. Time lapse. You know exactly what I was talking about. I the time lapse videos that you share <laughs> just to show your process. <laughs> it, they're mesmerizing. <laughs> yeah. You can pick my job off the ground. <laughs> it's so cool to see from start to finish. Yeah. You take a piece to its penultimate. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. there, I honestly watch those mostly because I'm like, like halfway through a piece sometimes I'm like, ugh. This is going nowhere mm. and I hate it. <laughs> so I start the time lapse thing and I'm like, oh, okay, I see what I was trying to do. I can fix this. And that like motivates me to actually finish it. Oh, that's there's, really cool. There's a lot of stuff like I start and if I spend even one day away from it, I won't I won't go back to it. <laughs> it's like I'm better than even that yesterday. So I'm gonna move on. <laughs> I won't even go back to the reference photo. I'm like, nah. I feel like that's a hard balance to ride of knowing yeah. when to push through it on a mm-hmm. piece and when to 
say it's done yeah. and when to say, no, I'm, I'm just going to put this aside yeah, and can, not look at it again. You can kind of feel it. Like, hmm. there's some pieces that I've put out. Like, there's one that I posted just the other day. And looking at it again, I was like, I could do that better right now. <laughs> like, I can fix all of these things. I'm not going to, but I could. <laughs> like, knowing when it's like, okay, this is good. I'll share it. And it's like the kill your darlings thing with writing some stuff is just gonna be straight dumpster fire like garbage this isn't good not every song is a hit you know yeah like, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's some things that's like i <laughs> i did it <laughs> here you go <laughs> so well please keep drawing keep sharing yeah. your stuff with the world it's, i will definitely it's amazing. And do yeah. you think do you think there's something that art has taught you about yourself that you wouldn't have figured out otherwise i am not a patient person hmm and, and I know that because of my, my process. Like, if mm. I don't finish something in a day, I'm not. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> like, I'm done. Over it. Yep. Yep. I like I like to spend a lot of time on one thing. And if it's not perfect, I'm like, eh, nope. Okay. Next thing. <laughs> and if it's not working, I will literally erase the whole thing and just do something else. Like, I have no patience. I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm working really hard. <laughs> I need to, like, in art specifically, like, I need to work on, like, color theory. I can do stuff if I have the reference, like, matching colors and stuff like that. But something about, like, making an environment on my own, like, my brain shuts off. Mm. It's like, purple? Sure. That sounds like the color of the sun. I don't know. <laughs> My brain just like, nope, nope, work on that. <laughs> so more yeah. areas to explore. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm growing. OK, so I want to bring it back around to Song of the Sea I'm because so ready. you you watched this movie a little while ago on Sarah's recommendation. Yeah. And I watched on your recommendation. Too. <laughs> You're both welcome. And, <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, so tell us, tell us a little bit about uh, this book that you have sitting on the table here, and uh, what <laughs> what was it about Song of the Sea as far as its uh, its thematic mm -hmm. elements, or its the story itself, or just the setting that it takes place in that you loved so much about it? Um, so I love Celtic myths and legends. As this says, this book that I have sitting on the table. Literal that, title of the book sitting <laughs> on the desk right now. Celtic myths and legends. I love reading about that kind of stuff. Um, and that specifically started with just like delving into why like Tolkien wrote some characters the way he did in Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and stuff like that and Silmarillion. And just like how he tied that kind of stuff together, but also made it his own. So like I just really wanted to delve into celtic celtic mythology because that's just super cool um and immediately jumping into into it it's like it's kind of disappointing only because the church totally ruined it <laughs> like it was an oral history for so long mm. and then the church came along and was like we need to put jesus in it so it makes sense so a lot of the stories that you hear in celtic mythology it's very like christ-centered and it wasn't that before they all jesus hmm. juke you yeah <laughs> yeah it's like i i like i love jesus but also he doesn't need to be in all of the stories 
Um, so it's disappointing, but you can still kind of get the essence of what they were trying to do in the stories hmm. by excluding some of the things that they've added. They've just kind of added like this triune kind of thing, like hmm. Trinity nonsense. Not that it's nonsense. I'm not blaspheming. Um, <laughs> it just feels it, out of place. It feels yeah. discordant for yeah. the original yeah. story. It's like, yeah. it was really good. And then you talked about that and now it's kind of weird um, did you find that popping up in song of the sea no i well i mean it's kind of in it just because the stories have been so changed from so long ago so like it's in it but only because that's how it's we know the stories yeah like you can't point. separate it from it now sure but i didn't know song of the sea was like so into the celtic thing like i had no mm. idea and then you suggested it and i was like i mean it looks like really cool animation so that's why i decided to watch it and then i started watching it and the silky was singing and all of this stuff and i was like oh my god it's so cool and i like had a little <laughs> mini art attack uh. um, <laughs> but aside from the animation so like just talking about the story also spoiler alert if you haven't seen it Go watch it. Just stop the podcast. Go watch it, and then very come back. good movie. We'll give you. We'll <laughs> yes. give you a couple seconds. Just, Now's your chance. Okay, go. Um, so, the how the the writer tied everything to a different part of the mythology, mm. like McLear, the mountain or the hillside thing that uh, mm -hmm. was a giant that got turned into this island, and how it plays to how the dad is and how the dad is grieving the loss of his wife and MacLear got turned to stone by his actual mother because he was grieving so much and she just felt so bad about him being in so much pain um and then similarly seeing that echoed into the son which i think his name is ben mm -hmm. um seeing how oh my gosh i love it so much that they just put so many little things i can't remember the um shanaki mm -hmm. the the guy with the, the long hair oh my gosh it's just like they put so much in it and i've never seen a story like a celtic story that took place in like the 2000s mm -hmm. so yeah. it was like ah it's true so it really great. is it's this little boy ben's story is his yeah. journey of figuring mm -hmm. this out and kind of the coming of age story yeah but throughout his journey they're weaving in all of these old celtic it's so myths and legends so and stinking beautiful and, and mm -hmm. like the how they mirror the characters in ben's life like if mm -hmm. if this was told from the perspective of an adult it would have just been a story about two kids running away like like that's all it is <laughs> um but because it's from the perspective of ben and saoirse like you're seeing the grandma as the owl the owl witch you're seeing shauna key as the the guy that ferries them across the water mm -hmm. like all of these things MacLear is the dad all just this, oh. like mm -hmm. If this had been from the perspective of an adult, it would have been a horrible story. That is blowing my mind. <laughs> I, I need to go home and watch this again. I think we just like, need to watch Song I'll of the watch Sea it every again. day. It's a very good movie. It's a very good movie. Like, the fact that you're seeing it from the perspective of a kid um, and how these kids are going through such powerful things. Like, the fact that Saoirse can't talk. And she can only talk if she has her coat. And the fact that they get onto this island, the one that's MacLear, and her mom takes the coat and 
like you're part human you can still exist here but like we can't we have to go Mm. but the characters that look like the mythological characters are still there so it's like the magic's still there everything's still there the relationship between the owl witch and maclear and how she you know draws feelings out of people and Mm -hmm. the the more feelings you pull out of people the more you become just like this drone like you just become you just become stone Mm -hmm. like you literally become nothing you are just a rock sitting in the middle of the ocean like Mm -hmm. without your feelings without your experiences you are just a rock Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yes you can't feel pain anymore but you also can't feel you can't feel anything yeah and the how like even though MacLear can't feel anything, he's still eroding. Like, the island is still getting dissolved by the sea. Like, he's going to be destroyed by, like, the physical presence of emotion. Like, the sea is literally destroying MacLear. Dixie, so, that's so good. So, removing, removing his feelings and removing his emotions and his grief and his despair and all that. Like, you didn't stop anything from happening. You didn't stop him from being literally destroyed. Hmm. Um, and them breaking the bottles open and uh all the feelings going back into the owl witch oh my gosh and her sitting at the bottom of those stairs crying and i oh my god dixie i could listen to you talk about song of the sea that's a new podcast idea for you i think you could just really have a couple more podcasts (laughs) just take it one episode per minute of the movie i mean that would (laughs) at least last a year yeah Yeah, and, I, I mean, that's, love that. I movie. wish we had time to get into the animation and all the. Oh yeah, oh my the gosh, animation. So I love the the like watercolor that they do for like the still, the that's still stuff unique. in the backgrounds. Like it's so pretty, mm-hmm. such a pretty, pretty, pretty movie. Mm. And also, all of their accents are beautiful, <laughs> fantastic, so good. I, I could literally just listen to that all day, forever. Mm. It's so good. It is. <laughs> and inspiring. Yeah, so good. <laughs> also okay. that. <laughs> okay, so we have we have one more thing that we wanted to talk about. I'm ready. I'm at the end of this conversation. It's just becoming more and more apparent that there's not enough time. <laughs> yeah, no. There's okay because we've touched on several things already. That's like, oh man, there's a oh, whole other hour of conversation more. in that and that. <laughs> but to to kind of bring this section to a close mm-hmm. you are in the same vein of of creativity this next year you're going to be taking over as dungeon master yeah, for our D&D uh, group yep. and you are going to be uh, bringing us through a story of your own creation <laughs> in the world of Eberron which is very exciting welcome to the terror dome so can <laughs> if if you would give us a little bit of a teaser for how that uh what that's going to be like mm-hmm. what your experience has been like in preparing for this um pretty big endeavor um and just what you're excited about to yeah. uh to guide us through in this uh this next uh this next campaign so it's funny that you bring this up because i just listened to a podcast another DD podcast and they were talking about their year um and the dm specifically was like once i stopped planning for things that's when it really that's when it really got good and thinking about that like i've planned a lot of things like there's a lot of nooks and crannies not so much like firm plot points Mm. more like you're gonna go here and experience these things Mm -hmm. surprise but being willing to like let go of what you guys are gonna do Mm. 
Like, I don't know what you guys are going to do. I have no idea. I can just kind of put you somewhere and see what happens, Mm. (laughs) which Mm. has been terrifying to, like, cope with. Like, I really want some specific things to be like, yes, I need this. (laughs) But at the same time, I'm not telling the story. Like, I've given you the place. I've put you in in Eberron. I've told you, like, you know, you're doing these specific things for this specific company, that kind of thing. You guys are telling the story. I'm not doing anything. Yeah. But that's hard as a creator to kind I'm, of hand over your child. Yeah, like I'm essentially turning the pages. Like, that's all. That's all I'm doing. Mm. It's like, and then also he's here. Like, that's it. That's all I get to do. But I am so excited for the dynamic between all of your characters. I've only been playing Dungeons and Dragons for a year now. I've nerded out about it for a lot longer than that, but... <laughs> only actually played for a year and then dming is just like a whole different tiger like just uh it's mm-hmm. fine and then on top of that podcasting it's like woohoo we're gonna it's fine we're probably gonna explode that's a whole nother layer <laughs> yeah it's like i have to talk into a mic and then also to you but how they wrote the wizards of the coast how they wrote eberron like just the place and all of the different um, races and subclasses and all of that stuff. It's such a beautifully written setting. Um, and I'm so, so, so excited to experience what you guys write. Mm. It, it is a really fascinating world that they've created here. For real. Well, if you had to nutshell it, how would you describe Eberron? Um, so we're, I mean, it's going to be, we're going to be on Eberron. Um, but we're not following any like specific map of Eberron. It's it's definitely like fifty percent homebrew, fifty percent we're using Eberron maps hmm. um, <laughs> and races and stuff like that. But essentially, you guys are going to be on a ship. Sarah is actually the captain of the ship. Um, we have a crew. Um, we're going to be going through. It's hard to it's hard to even give you a taste without giving anything away. Well, <laughs> like the environment, yeah, like how, someone who doesn't oh, know well, about D and okay. like? Okay, so the, it's going to be kind of like Treasure Planet. Like I I get that kind of feel yeah. from it. Not so much like the steampunk vibes. Yeah, and... not so much planet travel, but like just space or what is the area above called? Sky, but not sky. <laughs> it's oh my god, I forgot all the words in my brain. <laughs> anyway, you're gonna be floating around in the sky and the sea. You guys are basically gonna be like space pirates, but like not pirates. Oh, We're space be anti-pirates. You're space anti pirates. Yes. Clear as mud. <laughs> yes, so clear. It will get well, more clear as we play. Space anti pirates, not in space. Not in space, just above the earth. So take above that as a, a plug for the podcast. Too, if that made no sense, Coming check soon, out the podcast. We'll answer all of your questions. It won't make any sense when we start either. So no, but I'm really excited. It's well, I think for it's, what it's worth. Thank you so much for the effort yeah. you put into it. We're excited to go on the journey. Mm. I know you've poured your heart I into have this. So mm-hmm. much written, guys. It's going to be great. Oh my gosh, man! I so wish much. I seriously, I wish we had a whole nother hour. Like, there's so much I want to ask you about. <laughs> Dixie, do you have any any parting thoughts? Any words? Um, don't tip your waitress. No, tip your waitresses. I don't. Know. <laughs> I panicked. 
<laughs> tip your waitresses. That's, there that's you the go. thing. That's the end. <laughs> Don't pick your friend's nose. That's all I got. And that's all. So, folks. Yeah, no. so yeah, in closing, like, can you, you want to just talk about anything that you're currently reading? I am reading. I had to look at the table because I couldn't remember what it was called. Um, it's one of the 73 books that was released by Tolkien. It's called Baron and Luthien. Ooh, um, cool. It's like a sub story from the Silmar- Silmarillion. Um, reading that right now. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. It's so good. What are you currently listening to? music or podcasts um i am always listening to the adventure zone and dungeons and daddies because nice. i have a, a problem <laughs> um, and then music wise i am currently rocking out to dua lipa like every single day <gasps> yes love it so much if i'm not listening to hamilton i'm listening to dua lipa <laughs> Please so, tell me you have a playlist with Dua Lipa and Hamilton in it. That I just will make one on. now. <laughs> that would be excellent. It's just my shot, Dua Lipa. My shot, Dua Lipa. <laughs> Do you find yourself getting kind of irritated when you listen to Hamilton when it's not in order, though? Like, yes. you listen to it so many times that if the right song doesn't play next, you're like, I can't. Oh. I literally, like, I can start the next song before the song starts. I love <laughs> like, it. I know the key before it starts just based off of the last note of the last song it's a problem not a problem it's not. i love it so much it's so good we were listening to it in the car the other day and it steven had it on shuffle and it went to like an act two song and i was like what are you doing <laughs> he shut Ow, it off how dare you the right next song <laughs> it was like nope that's wrong start over oh it's so good what are you currently watching the good place okay. <laughs> for the fifth time for yeah like 17th maybe uh, it's just like on constant replay just like i hit the last episode of season four go back to season one it's a, it's a good show <laughs> it's very good yeah that's all i'm watching i think though friend thank you for your time i'm thank you it's just been so fun to get to be on this side of the microphone this and is weird all, but <laughs> we we did want to like yes we blazed through so much and i think just hit the tip of the iceberg on most of it but is there any other question that you wish we would have asked or something you wish you would have talked about now's your time mm. what do you want the world to know i'm uh, uh, I'm good. (laughs) I I get to talk on the podcast a lot more after this, so it's not like I won't talk about stuff. That's fair. Hmm. But no, I don't have anything. I guess. Okay. Well, then I'll answer that question for you. I I had a burning question. I'm ready. I think you and Steven have one of the coolest marriages um, that I've. It's just an honor to get to know you guys and be friends with you individually but also yeah. friends mm. with you guys as a couple and you're just you're just freaking rocking it <laughs> thank and, you and yeah i guess would you just share um how you feel like your marriage has changed you um what is it that that like it, five and a half years man yeah that's a i long mean time. well we're um we just we're almost at 11 for just like total relationship yeah um it's just i think that we compliment each other very well like he's very i'm not calling myself stupid but he's very intelligent and intuitive and all of these things and like i tend to be a little bit more sporadic and you know jumping all over the place (laughs) so we kind of like level each other out like he makes me a cleaner person i make him a more punctual person Hmm. that kind of thing yeah and like we were friends first we've been friends for so long now that it's like this is my friend and then also we get to make out sometimes. 
<laughs> I love us so much. <laughs> this is my friend I make out with. <laughs> you know how marriage works. It's the best. <laughs> I mean, it's I. It's taken a lot of time for us to get at a place to be as confident as we are in our relationship. Like when we were first dating, it was like, if I do anything wrong, he's going to leave me. He's not. He's not. (laughs) But it's just like being obsessed with each other without being like needy and dependent. Like he is my best friend and I love hanging out with him and he's so smart and he's so talented, but I can exist on my own. (laughs) So finding that balance of totally into each other and then also let's. Let's maybe not hang out right now. <laughs> That's very good. I, I feel like it takes uh, couples a long time to figure that out mm-hmm. often. Yeah. If they do. You don't have to spend every minute together. Surprise. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to. No judgment. Like, whatever. <laughs> whatever you want to do. <laughs> there's there's that balance between codependency yeah. and like not having an identity apart from each other. And then the flip side of the coin of being so independent that you're effectively not even a couple anymore yeah that's a tricky balance to walk and Mm. you guys do it well the Mm. question i ask a lot of married people is can you sit in a room together and not talk Mm. Mm. because if you can do that you're fine (laughs) like Mm. if you want to talk about something and it's like a you know quiet moment it's typically because you think something's wrong and nine times out of ten there's nothing wrong Mm. you can just sit there quietly it's mm. fine. Silence is okay. <laughs> Silent. It's okay to yeah. be quiet. <laughs> mm. You can be sitting on that couch and I'll sit over here and read and we're fine. <laughs> mm. Very good. We love you guys. We love you. Dixie, thank you. I have to say the thing now, right? Yeah. Would you say the thing? The only normal people you know are the ones that you don't know very well. Thanks for joining us. You can follow the Hennings on Instagram and Twitter. Our theme music is composed and performed by Stephen and Dixie Henning and was recorded, mixed, and mastered by Austin Smith. Our artwork is designed by Dixie Lee Henning. Find more of her work at DixieLeeDraws.com, at DixieLeeDraws on Instagram, and at DrawsDixie on Twitter. 